So that spoken word of God, that, that, that word that he speaks to us because it is something that is so important. And it dawned on me as I was about halfway through the sermon last week that here I am talking about the importance of being able to hear God and what he's speaking. And all of a sudden I have the realization, you know what, I, I don't know that I've actually ever taught as a church how to hear God speak to us. And that God actually still does speak today because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, and so, so this week is actually should have been last week's message. So we're just kind of doing a little flip-flop here, you know, if I was going to do this in order. But the title of today's message is Value His Word. If you have your Bibles, let's go into 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, and it says this. It says, now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. Now, when we see that word rare, most of us think short supply. We think of that the word of God in that moment that it was just, it was rare. There wasn't much of it. And, and while that is one definition of the word rare... This word here in the Hebrew actually means valuable. The word of the Lord was valuable in those days. It was valued. There was a worth that was put on it. And that is the title of this message this morning is value his word. I'm going to give us a very practical message today about hearing from God. And I really think that inside each one of us, there is a desire to want to hear from God. But I think some of us, either through experiences or just through the condemnation of the enemy, or maybe even just through, you know, bad teaching that we've had growing up, we've felt as though, well, I can't hear God. That's what I have a pastor for. Now, it's always great to have somebody else be praying with you about something and and to get confirmation when you're praying because you're wanting direction. But the reality is, is that Jesus is our high priest, is what the book of Hebrews tells us. And when he died and rose again and then ascended into heaven, it says that he constantly intercedes for us on our behalf. And if he is there, then he has already created that bridge and there is absolutely no more reason for us not to be able to hear God's voice other than we just don't know how. That sounds like fun in kids' church. <laughs> so. so today, I'm going to give us four practical ways to be able to hear God's voice, okay? Number one, set an appointment. Now, this might seem extremely practical and not very spiritual, right? I mean... It just seems like, okay, well, that's just something we got to do. we got to set an appointment. But did you know that God sets appointments to meet with us? In Exodus chapter 19, starting in verse 10, it says this. The Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their garments. And be ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all of his people. And then if you go down to verse 19, it says this. It says, and as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him in thunder. 
Another version says that God answered him by voice. Do you realize that God set an appointment to speak with his people? He told them at this time and at this place, I'm going to come and meet with you. Think about it in everything we do. If we don't tend to set an appointment, we tend to miss them, right? I mean, come on. And the truth is, is that missed appointments become disappointments. Missed appointments become disappointments. I mean, unless you're going, you know, to the dentist or something. But other than that, but most of the time, missed appointments become disappointments. It's crazy to me that we make appointments with people that we don't even want to meet with. And we keep them. Right? I mean, think about it. I will make an appointment to literally go to the dentist to have him ask me questions with my mouth open. (laughs) Drill into my teeth. And then by the time I'm gone, it's the most uncomfortable hour of my life. And then I go out and what do I do? I make another appointment. (laughs) Take my money in here. Can I have another, please? You know, I mean, this is what we end up doing. And we keep those appointments. But how come we tend to just not set an appointment with God? How important is it for each one of us to hear from God? Many of us want to hear God, but we just don't make the appointments. Now, trust me, I understand that God can and does speak without an appointment. He is God. He is God. But why play the hope and wish game when I can just set an appointment to meet with him every day? Come on. When I make an appointment on my calendar, on my phone for work, I do it for several reasons. First, I put in a time, a date, and a place, right? Where I'm going to be, how I'm going to go, and where all this stuff. I have all those things in my calendar. But I do it to make sure that I am honoring the people who I am meeting with. And I also do it so I can make sure that I stay on schedule. And most importantly, I do it so that I can remember. Because otherwise, I will forget. We can sit there and say, oh man, but Chris, that's not very spiritual. But it's very practical. And if I can get myself into a habit of spending time with God so that I can hear his voice, then it becomes more than just a practical habit. It becomes something that I'm passionate about doing in my life. When I continue to do the right things over and over again, it's amazing how my heart begins to change into the right attitude that it needed to have. Having the appointment on my schedule helps me prepare for what's coming. When I know, oh yeah, I have a dentist appointment tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock, so I better take my toothbrush to work so I can brush them after I've had my mid-morning snack before I go to the dentist, right? (laughs) It helps me prepare. I mean, practically speaking, how many of us, how would you feel if you came to church this morning and we weren't prepared? I mean, it may have seemed like I'm that last long, but you know, but how would you guys have felt this morning if you guys would have come and we weren't prepared? We didn't come in to practice. We didn't come in prayed up. I didn't come in preparing for a sermon and everybody just kind of comes in and they're like, uh, I thought we had something going on at 10 o'clock. 
you'd be pretty disappointed, right? So then why don't we prepare our hearts to be able to have the appointment with God? Point number two this morning after set an appointment is be still and worship. So after you've set an appointment, now the opportunity is for us to be still. Psalm 46.10 tells us to be still and know that I am God. Right? So often we can get so busy in everything that we're doing that we just forget. Man, that sounds terrible. Oh, I'd never forget God. But we do. In the, the way that we live our lives and the things that we do and everything else practically takes a priority. And we have to learn how to just be still. My wife and I were talking about that aspect yesterday. I am terrible at being still. It doesn't happen. If I sit down for about five minutes, if I'm not watching a movie, I'm like, okay, I got to go do something. I, I don't do still very well. But God is having to teach me how to be still and just know that he is God. In Exodus 14, verses 13 and 14, it says, But Moses told the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You have only to be silent. Oftentimes when I'm faced with something, my immediate response is not, God, how do you want me to handle this situation? My personal immediate response is, let's go get it. And sometimes God says, yes, go and do it. Other times God says, shut up and be still. The Lord will fight for you. You have only to be silent. As bad as I am at being still, Jesse's that bad or worse at being silent. (laughs) That's right. Never, ever a dull moment. But sometimes we sit there and, and it's just, you know, it's just our personalities. And there are certain things about in the silence and in the stillness that can just make us uncomfortable. But you know what? Sometimes being uncomfortable is good. Because sometimes being uncomfortable is exactly where I need to be because otherwise I tend to try to be in control. And if I'm uncomfortable and I'm not in control, then I have to learn how to trust him and let him be in control. And sometimes that's hard. And I'm going, oh, I just can't. I just, what do I do instead? Well, I'll tell you. Second Corinthians, or excuse me, Second Chronicles chapter 20 says this. You will not need to fight in this battle. This is God's time. O Judah, stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. This entire verse that I have here, but there's a whole story that goes around this. The children of Israel were getting ready to go into battle. And God says, nope, the warriors aren't going out. 
I'm going to bring deliverance a different way. I'm sure all the warriors went, woo, that sounds fantastic. God, I'm all for that. But then God does the worst military strategy I've ever seen. He says, so instead, we're going to send out the worship team. You guys go right on ahead. And just take your instruments. It's going to be fine. I can't sing today. I don't remember. My guitar just broke. I don't know what to tell you. I just can't go out today. I'm sure the warriors are going, yeah, see, uh-huh, yeah, not, not so much fun when you have to be the guy to go out front, is it? That God did something different. He spoke. And the worship is what changed the atmosphere. The worship is what brought the victory in this battle. Sometimes we just want to Go, 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 go. And God's saying, I need you to be silent and be still. And what I really need you to do is just worship me. Because when you worship me, I can make the changes happen that need to happen. And when we take that time to worship God, we are taking that focus off of ourselves and off of our problems. And we are positioning ourselves into a place to say, God, what is it that you're wanting to say? What is it that you're wanting to say? Worship changes the atmosphere. Worship will also realign us and it will allow us to hear God much more clearly. Because when I'm worshiping, I'm focused where I need to be instead of worried about everything else going on around me. And when I stay busy and I stay moving too much and I keep my mouth going all the time, it's hard for me to just... My children are very, very much like me in the fact that they talk nonstop. And there's so many times as a dad, I'm like, you're doing a lot of this. I need you to do this, you know? And God's going, you say that you want to hear my voice, but you're doing a whole lot of this. And you're not doing any of this. And my response is usually, but, but God, but, 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 just like my kids do, right? And instead, I need to say, you're right. God, you're right. Please forgive me. And then be silent and listen. The third point today is after we've set an appointment, you be still in worship, pray and read the word. Pray and read the word. Mark one thirty-five. It's talking about Jesus and it says, and rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place and there he prayed. Jesus would get up and go pray. Now, I'm not saying you got to get up at four o'clock in the morning. I'm not saying any of that. Find your time to be able to separate yourself from everything else going on in your life, even if it's just five minutes, 10 minutes and find time to pray. And what is prayer? Prayer is a conversation with God. In Psalm 119, 147, David says this. He says, I rise before dawn and I cry for help. I hope in your words. He's talking about that he's starting his day out with just praying and worshiping God. Now, I'm actually going to tell you, to make this really simple, I'm going to tell you 
what to pray for, what to pray about, and where to read so that you can hear from God. Now, a lot of pastors won't do this, but I'm going to. The first thing is, what do you pray about? Whatever's on your heart. All those worries, all those anxieties, all those fears, all that stuff that's there. Start your prayer time with just telling God about all that stuff. Because the reality is, if we're going, well, no, I need to, I can't do that in prayer. I, 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 have, to, I have to be spiritual. I'm going to pray over here. But that stuff, what does that stuff do? You think about it constantly. Right? So get it out of the way first. He already knows what you're feeling. He already knows where you're at. But just give it to him. Say, God, I am struggling with this. I have this going on. I don't know what to do about this. My kids are over here. My job is over here. What do I do? How do I do that? And just give it to him. But we have to remember prayer is a conversation. So as I spew all of my words to him, what's the next part of a conversation? Listen for a response. And just be still. We go back to point number two. Oftentimes, we love to just sit there and tell God about all the things that are going on. And we're like, whoo, I feel better. And we never actually listen and let him speak something to our hearts. The next thing, I'll tell you exactly where to read in the Bible. You ready? Anywhere. His word is living and active. His word is the living word. It says that his word is sharper than any two-edged sword and it will cut through all the things that, are, that we are struggling with. Anywhere from Genesis to Revelation, you read in there and God will, his words of life will begin to stir something inside of us. Now, if you find yourself in Leviticus, go a few pages further. <laughs> Because there's still good stuff there, but sometimes you're going, oh, apparently I got to kill somebody today. I don't know. You know, it's a... <laughs> but his word is always there to bring truth to our lives. Once you, when you start reading the word, the other thing I want to challenge you to do is, now, some of us actually have Bibles, great. A lot of us have Bibles on our iPads and on our phones and everything else. version is one of the greatest inventions that's ever happened. I mean, it has gotten the word of God out to people around the world who never would have had the opportunity otherwise in their language. It's incredible. But if you are just now starting to learn to read the word and you're going, oh yeah, that version app, I've heard of that. I haven't ever downloaded it. I'm going to download it. The default is King James Version. Download a different version. Because there's nothing more frustrating, I'm just being honest, than trying to hear from God and all you see is, thou must this, thou must Why? Why? Download a version that's easier to understand. The ESV is a good one. The New American Standard is a great one. And, but it, it gives you something that you can actually understand as you're reading it. And that helps you be able to hear God's heart when we can understand. Our biggest issue with reading the word of God is that most of us just don't do it on a regular basis. 
We maybe see a verse of the day that pops up on our phone, which is great. We maybe come to, you know, when we come to church, we see, you know, the seven or eight verses that are being used throughout that day. And that's fantastic. But what are you doing every day? That verse of the day that pops up on my phone, while it's awesome, if all I do is look at that every day, and then I never actually meditate on it, and I say, ooh, that was neat, and I put it back in my pocket, I snacked for the day, but I'm still hungry. Feed yourself with the word of God. On that YouVersion app, there are reading plans for every topic that you can imagine. I mean, it, it, it's incredible. I typed in stuff just the other day to see if they even had anything about it. I'm like, man, there's like 125, you know, just about this word that I didn't think was actually ever going to be in there. So whatever it is you're excited about, whatever it is you are worried about, that you're struggling with, if you have that version app, man, just plug in. You know what? I'm really dealing with anxiety. I'm dealing with fear. I'm dealing with, with marriage issues. I'm dealing with how to raise my children. I don't know how to this. I don't know how to that. Type it in there in the little search bar, and it's amazing how many plans there are. And God's word is being put forth into our lives when we begin to do that. The last point this morning is this. Listen and write. So after you've set an appointment, after you've stilled your heart, your mind, and your voice, and your worshiping, you pray and you read the word, and then what do we need to do? We need to listen and write. Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, it says, And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end, it will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come, it will not delay. I love that because it says, write the vision and make it plain on tablets. Make it plain on your iPad. I don't care. I mean, write it down in a notebook. Whatever it might be, make it plain. Why is this so important? Well, because as we hear God speak to us, if we don't write these things down, sometimes the busyness of life becomes so crazy that we actually forget what God said. I found, it's been a couple years ago now, but I found some papers of things that God was speaking to me 21 years ago now. And I looked at those and I thought, wow, wow. Man, some of these things are things that God's done in my life in the last 21 years. Some of these things that have never come into fulfillment yet. Some of these things are going... That may have been bad pizza and not God. I don't know. You know what I mean? But, you know, it doesn't matter. But there were things there, though, where God's, God had been speaking. And I can look back at the, those and go, oh, my gosh. Look at what my God has done. Look at the things he has said. And look at what his word has already been fulfilled in these areas of my life. When we write them down, we always have a record to come back to. I mean, all throughout scripture, what would they do? God would tell them to make an altar, make a memorial in certain places to remind them of what God had done. Writing things down is no different. God spoke this to me and I'm going to write this down. Man, I know this is where, this is so amazing. And then I can look back at it, you know, months later, years later and go, wow, look at what God has done in my life. 
Now, I, I understand, right? And, and a lot of people will ask, okay, Chris, that sounds great, but how do I know that I'm hearing from God? How do I know that it wasn't just me making something up? Well, if you're reading his word and you're praying, if you have done these steps that, we're, that are laid out here for you, then you have to trust that he is speaking to you. You have to trust. If you are hearing something in your life, something that challenges you, but in a good way, something of hope, something of blessing that aligns with scripture, then you can rest assured that you're hearing God. Now, one note on this. God will never tell you to do something contrary than what his word has ever spoken, his written word has ever spoken. I've, all, I, I've, I've known people, and it's very sad, but I've known people who said, well, no, you know what? This is just what I needed to do because, you know, I was, I was praying and then, you know, this, this leaf fell and it was confirmation because it landed right here on this and this happened here. And so, you know what? I just had to go and, you know, divorce my wife because God said I needed to because she had been troubled that day. Wait a second, what? God's word will never tell you to do something contrary than his written word. The things that God is speaking to you will never be contrary to his word. If you're hearing something and you're feeling, as you're, as you're doing these steps, if you're hearing and feeling something condemning, something life-taking, not life-giving, something that doesn't agree with the Bible, then know that it is not from God and it's from the enemy. I mean, sometimes there are times that, I, that I'll just be in, in, in my prayer time and I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I just have these awful thoughts begin to creep into my head. Well, I know that's not God because I know what God's word says and they, it is contrary to that. And that's where I have to say, nope, I'm gonna... Stay true, and I'm going to stand on what I know God's word says. The enemy will not speak to you about your calling that God has, has for your life or the promises. Now, he might tell you, oh, well, you can't do it. You're never going to achieve it, but that's when you know it's the enemy. That's not God. The, God, the, the enemy is never going to tell you about, you know what? God loves you so much. You, know, you are doing such a great job. You just keep going. That's, the enemy is not going to tell you that. Because his job is to only steal, kill, and to destroy. So if you're hearing those things of hope, those things of comfort, those things of encouragement, rest assured God is speaking to you. The enemy loves to speak to us about our screw-ups. All the areas that we fail, every area that we fall short. And he does it in such a way that has no hope and no restoration. Whereas the Holy Spirit, when he speaks to us, it's always with a hope for the future. Guys, we need to start writing down. I mean, if you have a great memory, like one of my sisters has probably the best memory. I feel bad for her husband that ever, you know, and so... <clears throat> She may not have to write everything down. But I do. Because my memory, whoop, it's in and out. But writing things down has helped me come back to it later on. 
God is wanting, guys. He, he's wanting He's wanting us to be able to trust his word so it can be the lamp to our feet and the light to our path that I talked about last week. But in order to do that, we have to be able to know how to hear God. And this is, these are very, very practical steps on ways to do that. And it's time for us to step out a little bit. Kind of take that little step of faith and go, ooh, but I'm not sure. This, how is this going to work? What am I going to do? What if you hear something amazing from God that changes your life forever? It always blows me away that I tend to play the what if game in a negative sense every time in my mind. I rarely ever play the what if game in a positive sense. What if God doesn't speak? What if this? What if this? What if he does and my life is forever changed tomorrow morning? Incredible. What if God begins to stir something inside each one of us individually and then it becomes this corporate thing where we say, yes, we are really crying out for revival and we want to see something happen. And we all begin to take the responsibility together and say, yes, I want to see God touch this city and this county in a way that's never been done before. What if God begins to speak to you about character things in your life that need to change so that you can become the better husband, the better wife, the better teenager, so that all those around you will be, will see the difference and they will know, man, there's something different about them today. But that takes us saying, not only do I recognize the need, now I'm going to start working on it. Now I'm going to start doing something about it. My challenge to us this week is take the step. Do these things. It doesn't have to be long. If you are not in the habit of doing this, say, all right, I'm going to take 10 minutes this morning. And I'm going to start doing this. Because it, that's how you change. I mean, if, if, if I went to the gym tomorrow and was like, all right, I'm going to get swole tomorrow. It's going to be awesome, right? Not going to happen. I've got to go back to my fives, right? So I can work up to the tens. But so many of us walk into the gym or we we walk into our walk with God and we go, give me 350, I got this. And then we can't move it and we go, oh, I I guess God doesn't actually want me to do it. Instead of starting small and letting God build us into who he's called us to be. I can't jump into and go into a bodybuilding competition tomorrow, just going to the gym one time. That'd be awful. I mean, it'd be funny, but it would be awful. So in our walk with God, and as, as we begin to learn how to hear his voice, start with small steps. So that we can learn and cultivate. And realize that God doesn't get mad at you when you mess up. If you are doing what you know how to do and you are attempting to hear his voice, God doesn't sit there and go, blew that one, bam. No. Just like when my kids were learning how to walk, when they stood up and they started taking those steps and falling, did I say, well, you took two steps, you should have made it all the way across the room. No, man, I cheered them on. They took two steps, woo-hoo-hoo. We gotta put baby gates up, right? I mean... 
And I was excited about the progress they were making. God is that way toward us. So don't let the enemy tell you otherwise because he will try to steal those things from you because you're going, well, yeah, but I've been a Christian for a long time and I've only taken two steps. Awesome, you took two steps. That's fantastic. You get back up. I'll cheer you on. It will take more next time. That's how we grow. That's how we learn. Does this make sense this morning? I know it's very, very practical and not super spiritual, but I'm telling you, when we apply these practical things to our spiritual life, it changes the dynamic of our relationship with God in a very, very positive way. Let's stand and pray. Guys, after we pray, um, we will be dismissed. We'll have people up here at the front who would love to pray with you for anything that you you need. We also will have snacks back in the the fellowship hall. So uh, stick around in fellowship. We'd love to be able to get to know you better. Father, we love you and we thank you. God, I ask that you would just stir within us the desire to know your voice more. God, I I want to be able to hear your voice. I want to be able to value your voice and recognize it as for what it is, that it is something that is pure, that is precious, that is worth something. God, I I just want to know your voice and I want to place a value on it. God, I just thank you for what you're doing in each one of our lives. I thank you for the families that you are changing in this place. God, I ask that you would just continue to stir within us a hunger for you. God, stir up a passion in each one of our lives for the name of Jesus. God, I thank you. I bless your name and in your name we pray, amen. Guys, you're dismissed. Have a wonderful week and we will see you all next Sunday.